let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. going on everybody you got mike here from get in the garage welcome i am here with i'm luke and uh you may have noticed that uh we haven't been here for a little bit um there were events going on in the country um george floyd died and we thought that maybe everybody else online deserved a little more space to say what they needed to say um we kind of wanted to let everybody else talk for a minute um so we were doing Deep Purple, but we decided that maybe we wanted to come and give you what we've been listening to for comfort. Um, you know, just stuff that we're going to that makes us feel good. Maybe stuff that like has to do with what's going on. Yeah. Um, we also just wanted to, you know, say that we stand with the Black Lives Matter people. Um, and, you know, I don't think I need to say, you know... Uh, what's what they have to say you should go see what they have to say you should Absolutely. get it from the source is what yeah. i'm trying to say and there are plenty of uh charities and uh donation uh things set up that you can support yeah if you go check out that organization well. they can point you to all the right directions yeah absolutely so we're going to give you what's been giving us comfort and what we've been listening to and uh you know try to you know just have some fun and get get uh, you know, reacquainted with uh, some of the things that, uh, yeah. you know, we've come to time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's kind of like a good album is kind of like a good movie. You know what I mean? You're willing to watch it <laughs> several times. And I think that, you know, we all have our go-to. I mean, okay, uh, I have my go-to kind of shows, right? Like a, a show that I know is going to kind of like... Yeah, yeah, maybe if you're in a bad you know. mood, you're gonna uh, put on the office for the 80 millionth <laughs> yeah, yeah. time, and it's gonna it's gonna work for you. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you know, it's that and kind it of magic. And it just allows you kind of just a, a moment to kind of like zone out because you know we're, we're living in heavy times, you know, and it's and it's uh, it's difficult, you know. So sometimes you wanna you know put on a record, especially I think a record because I I feel like some records. Uh, can create this kind of a space where you can reflect on what's happening. You know, uh, music can give you this uh, sort of introspective kind of uh, thing. I, I think what you're, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, to articulate that yeah. a little more. <laughs> I feel like what you're trying to say is it can, uh, a record can maybe relax you, so you can kind of let your worries get away, but it also can make you think and reflect on what's happening in the present moment. And Absolutely, it's a nice yin yang kind of thing. Yeah. You, you know, you can, music will give you both things. Yeah. If you if you, if you want it, and you want to look for it. Yeah. Um. I agree completely. So, Mike, like, what have you what have you been listening to? Um. 
Well, for starters, uh, more more recently, or for like comforty. What have you been listening to that has been like comforting? Comforting. Yeah. Um, I love me some. I love me some Van Morrison. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, James Taylor, Carol King, uh, Carly oh. Simon. You know, just kind of like singer songwritery music that um, that you that feels like it's a you know it kind of creates this sort of nice light kind of loving space. You know. I hear that. Um, most of those records were like childhood records for me. Yeah. Um, you definitely probably not so much the Carol. Well, maybe actually the Carol King a little later, but um, the James Taylor, my dad would play very often. Van yeah. Morrison all the time. So I'll I'll go back to those and kind of yeah, like yeah. you know make make you feel make you feel good. I've definitely listened to Tapestry recently too. You it's know? so good, man. I love that album. Uh, I mean, like you got a friend, man. It's like yeah. it's so you have a friend. It was, yeah. like, it's such a touching song. It's so simple. You know, and I mean James Taylor's version too is is wonderful. Yeah. You know, I I was actually I that's how I really found out about Carol King as you know, James growing, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, okay, so let's talk Carol King's Tapestry. If we're on on the subject for yeah. a minute of how good it is, um, Carol King wrote songs in the '60s, um, and many artists did her songs, um, and by the late or I believe it came out 1970 Tapestry um she you know kind of did some of those songs that she'd written in the 60s like uh you make me feel like natural woman you know Aretha Franklin um you know even like many songs in this album have been covered but um she released her own record and I feel like she really shines and gave her uh personality to her own songs I mean everybody knows Almost every song in this record, so far away. I feel the earth move. It's too late. Um, as I said, natural woman. Yeah, natural woman. You got a friend. Uh, where you lead the Gilmore Girls theme song. Oh yeah. <laughs> where you lead, I will follow. I mean, oh, yeah, come on, yeah. it's so good. Um, so yeah, I, I, I uh, I'll agree with you on that one. That one's uh comforting for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, look, even just to look at the cover, you know, she's just sitting, looking, you know, she's by a window. She got her cat. She's it's those got early no shoes on. Early seventies singer songwriters. They're like those records are just mellow. Like yeah. they're nice and mellow to listen to. Yeah, and uh, the production quality is very—it's just really nice and warm and comforting sounding. You know, right? yeah. Oh, those warm records. Yeah, yeah, yeah warm, yeah. warm records. That's a, yeah, that's a that's a good description. Uh, I'd also throw like Paul Simon's first record in there too. Yeah, uh, I love his first solo record. I did. I have not really listened to it recently, but it, it reminds me of all those other ones. Yeah, yeah, it's got that kind of a vibe to it. Definitely. <clears throat> uh, if you have Mike, you should listen to it. Mike is a Paul Simon hater. Of Everybody. I am. It's he's a Paul Simon fan. He just doesn't know it yet. I guess maybe. No, he definitely is. Yeah, I mean, you gotta I, listen to Duncan, man. If you're in to all what we just talked about, you'll love Paul Simon's first solo record yeah. and his second one, for that matter. Yeah, you should listen to him. All right, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, I'll give there, it a chance. there goes Ryman Simon and Paul Simon. Let's okay, go. okay, all right, I'll go for it. I trust you. It's gonna trust me, everybody. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna throw it out there um, that a really. This record really touched me the first time I listened to it, and I come back to it time and time again. Um, it's Odetta at Carnegie Hall. Um, so powerful, man. Oh, Odetta's voice, she's one of the most powerful voices that you know we've ever been blessed to hear. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Um, people probably wouldn't peg me as a, a folky, but um, I'm a huge folk. I'm mostly like a, I'd say... Uh, well, actually, I like everything. I love folk yeah. music. I love American folk music, in particularly. Um, yeah. 
And Odetta, I feel, maybe is the pinnacle of the folk revival. Um, she has one of the best voices. She plays, you know. Yeah, she's this, incredible. Yeah, this album is amazing. And and the thing about her, too, is um, she was a big push for the uh, civil rights movement in the 1960s. Um, I believe Martin Luther King called her the voice of the civil rights movement. Oh, if I'm really? not mistaken. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, and this record really brings that home, the, those messages. I mean, you have the Pete Seeger song, If I Had a Hammer, leading it off. Um, and that's just, you know, a song about love between, you know, your brothers and your sisters all yeah. over this land. Um, there's also um, on this album... Uh, I want to say songs about religion, Joshua about the Battle of Jericho, mm-hmm. um, you know, and spirit, spirituality and in what she was going through in her life. Um, even like uh, in the end to it really hits home. She uh, sings with a, uh, a choir mm-hmm. and you go, um, ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Hold on. No more auction block for me. She really she's hitting home her points. And it's such a beautiful statement, and it reflects our time so well now. I really listened to it, and I really yeah. felt felt a lot from it. Even songs like uh, John Henry, when she sings that, I, I you know, I, I relate to, you know, just the man. And, you know, we're living in a very industrialized society, and, yeah. and uh, sometimes I think people forget just the power of, uh, of what people can do. Mm. And, you know, like. That's you know. I'll leave it at that. Odetta, yeah. you know, check it out if that you haven't. Uh, Odetta at Carnegie Hall, amazing record, highly recommended. Michael, yeah. um, I've been um, I've been kind of hitting back on some jazz lately as well. Uh, sometimes you need to listen to music that you know is going to uh, induce a really good cry, and I kind of feel like I've needed that lately. So right on, man. <laughs> you know what I mean. So. Um, um, I kind of have been going back. The rustling you're hearing, by the way, is me rifling through feather, um, through records. So. Yeah, we have them in front of us. Uh, yeah. We feel like, I mean, we could just look at them. and Yeah, you need a nice visual. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the Duke Ellington and, uh, and John Coltrane album is just like, I don't know, man. There's just something about it that it just, it just... It just checks that box for me. You know what I mean? It's, mo- it's so moving and so melodic and so incredibly beautiful. Um, in a sentimental mood is probably the, that's the most famous track on the album. I think, I mean, even that melody, I think, even if you're not f- super familiar with jazz, even if you hear that melody, I think it's it's pretty recognizable. Yeah. Um, just know? some context on, on those artists, if you're not um, like a jazz person, Duke Ellington is um, of the original school of jazz, big band jazz. Um, he's kind of, um, the, I would say maybe like the, one of the fathers, the, you know, uh, actually they have a name for them cause they all have like a Royal, it's like the jazz royalty. Um, you oh, have Duke okay. Ellington, um, you know, uh, Count Basie, Count Basie. It's like all those yeah. people. It's, uh, he's one of the, the, the real legends of jazz. So he would be like a forefather. And then you have John Coltrane who's really of, at the time of this album, the, cutting edge of new school jazz pushing the envelope pushing the uh the music yeah and so when they when they meet together it's kind of old the old guard versus the new guard but um there's so much respect and there's so much i think appreciation and love that just comes out of their playing and uh i mean if you've never heard duke ellington play the piano oh it is it is he can almost convey 
the human emotion and spirit better than anybody I've ever heard, or just as just as well. I'm trying to think when this when did this come out? I believe that's sixty three or sixty four. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, if you think about this, right? I mean, you know, John Coltrane. You know, for the uh, for the initiated, know that like if you listen to Giant Steps, even a Love Supreme, there's a lot of challenging bits on there, and like fast and kind of sporadic and kind of all over the place. And the thing I love about this, uh, most specifically, like the in a sentimental mood, it's interesting that John Coltrane links up with Duke Ellington and Duke Ellington gets him to slow down a little bit you know and and John Coltrane comes out with these really beautiful like velvety velvety melodies where otherwise not that he's he can't capture those moments in his solo records as much as I think he he does a lot more exploring yeah on like Giant Steps or Love Supreme whereas this one it kind of shows a, a side of John Coltrane that I think is almost could I say maybe like romantic yeah, it's a. I feel like it's a. Um, it's it's not like a throwback, but it, it's his. Like these songs are like what he would probably have been inspired by to initially begin playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like it's like his. It's such a. I I would think it's like a treat. It it would be like a. I don't know. It'd be like you getting invited to play with like the Rolling Stones or something. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Right. It's right. Like, it's that kind of thing where you're like, oh my god, like, yeah. wow, and you really get the the best of the best out of both of them, and yeah. they really, you know, like Mike said, in the sentimental mood is really the standout track on that. Oh, it's so incredible, man, yeah, and um, it's so like, I don't know, man, just with everything going on, it in cuts the world right, too, it, it, it cuts just, right to yeah. your heart. It'll cut right to your heart. Yeah, so it's, it's a really good listen. Um, also, if you have not, if you listen to that record, and maybe you want to listen to some other stuff. Um, I would highly recommend John Coltrane's a love supreme, uh, love supreme, which I actually did yeah. spin this week. Um, and that was, a, that's another great spin. Yeah. Um, Duke Ellington listen to, uh, maybe like a, a collection of his, um, I'd say probably his best known releases are from mm-hmm. like the thirties, forties kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, songs take the a train, things like that. Uh, my favorite uh duke ellington um album though is live at newport it's like a, a comeback mm, album yeah. for him and uh it's that's another amazing story and an amazing record to yeah. to look up if you want to waste some time and i'm sure i'm sure at one point you know we'll yeah du- we'll, du- we'll, we'll go we'll down cover, that rabbit hole yeah we'll cover duke i have he's, he's duke, i have but. read uh duke ellington's autobiography and what what an amazing story well, music is his mistress. Music is his mistress. That's the name of it. Check it out if you uh, <laughs> if you're into that. It's a uh, such a it's a fun book. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So up next, I also I'm gonna stick with like kind of the folk thing for a minute because I also put on some Pete Seeger mm. the other day and I listened to Pete Seeger. Um, so if you don't know about Pete Seeger, Pete Seeger um is a banjo player. He was in a band called the Weavers. Before that, he was in the Almanac Singers. Um, the Almanac Singers are, were kind of a group of uh quote unquote communists who were like that was like that was their deal. Yeah. Um, they would sing kind of those kind of songs. Um, it was a different time. Um, and then you know, Pete Seeger was hooking up with Woody Guthrie and the Almanac uh, Singers, and then the, out of the Almanac Singers came the Weavers. Yep. Um, but Pete Seeger was a banjo player, 
probably the most influential five string banjo player. Um, didn't he create the five string banjo? Didn't he put the fifth string on there? Um, I don't believe he did. Okay. Um, I believe he I just had heard came, somewhere that he did. So he, he's like the master of it, though. Um, yeah, yeah. His book, How to Play the Five String Banjo, is one of like if you're playing the banjo, I'm pretty sure like that's a book that like most banjo players picked up. Oh yeah, and there's, it came with a record, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he teaches you how to like. Yeah, there's a folkways record that um, comes with the booklet, or you could have just bought the book separately. I think. So, oh okay. Cool. Very interesting. Uh, Pete Seeger um, has a wonderful, illustrious career, and he would write kind of songs of for the people, the working class people, the poor. Yeah. Um, and he would um, push other artists who he believed were really folk champions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cisco Houston, he would sing his songs, Lead Belly, Woody Guthrie. Yeah. Um, Pete Seeger was a man who kind of talked the talk, walked the walk. Also, he cleaned up the Hudson River. Fun oh. fact. Nice. Yeah, look that up. Pete Seeger was really uh, integral in that. Yeah. So anyway, I listened to that. Um, and what I like about Pete Seeger is I usually kind of listen to his live stuff because that's what I feel is maybe the best out of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, the whole crowd sings with him. He wants the whole crowd to sing with him. So you get maybe it's a room of like 150 people, 200 people, and they're all singing. And their voices are good and bad and wonderful and high and low and uh, you know, you have him and everybody's pushing up in this giant chorus of people. Yeah. And it becomes, for me, I mean, I know a lot of people probably don't want to sit and listen to it because I, I hear it. I know it's a bit like, it's a bit messy. It's a bit, but the human spirit for me is my favorite part of music. Yeah. And if you're into the folk music, the human spirit, uh, everybody's singing together. Uh, Pete Seeger really is your guy. And I listened to him and he really comforted me. Um, I kind of go for anything he does. So, yeah. Check it out, Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger, he, I know. I, I do love Pete Seeger. Yeah, he all you know. Pete Seeger too uh, also wrote the song "If I Had a Hammer." So, oh, prob- did he? Probably one of the most famous compositions. Hmm. Um, if you don't know as well, Pete Seeger was the first guy you ever you know the bird song. To everything, turn, turn. Oh yeah, yeah. Turn. Oh yeah. That yeah. song, uh, Pete Seeger was the dude that put that to music first, and that's hmm. where they really got that from. Um, but. Fun no fact, way. those lyrics are from the Bible. So, fun uh, fact. And that's what I like, I think is is um, is interesting too. Like, I mean, you were talking about Odetta, you know, and how she kind of, she brought kind of like a biblical sort of gospel influence into the folk mm-hmm. uh, and how Pete Seeger also does that. In other words, how, how, how gospel music and folk music do have, they have, there's a tie there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's absolutely, absolutely. a Definitely. tie there. Like I was listening to, there were some. Um, it was like some sort of special edition uh, Jim Croce, but they were playing his early stuff before he, he was signed and everything like that. And yeah, same thing. I mean, he was uh, v- very Pete Seeger like. Um, oh. uh, Seek and you shall find. Do you know that song? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. No. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> okay. Well, it's but this similarly as well though. It's very. It is. It's yeah, a biblical gospel. gospel kind of song. You know, seek and thee shall find. Knock and the door will be open. You know, that's yeah. it's this whole idea. You know, that sort of religious thing. Um. Uh, and speaking of spiritually charged music, uh, you've been playing some Bob Marley. I have been. Yeah. Uh, more specifically, Exodus and. May I be as bold as to say, it's his, I, it's it's his a, best record. It's a, it's his I, best. I'll record. go as far as to say that I think it's a perfect album. Oh, I think it's a, it's definitely okay. It is a perfect album, start to finish. Listen, everybody who only owns collection, 
Or is that what that record called? Oh, no. Uh, it's was like it, his greatest hits. I, I think the, it is uh, called Collection. No, it's called Legend. Legend. Anybody that just owns Legend, go out and buy Exodus. It's amazing. If you're like an album guy and you're like, I like Bob Marley, but all I've ever heard is Legend, buy Exodus. Exodus is a perfect, perfect record. Uh, Natural Mystic. Natural Mystic. Dude, just, okay, just side two starts with jamming, jamming. Um, waiting in vain. Turn your lights down low. Amazing song. Amazing, beautiful, romantic song. You know, uh, three little birds, and then one love. People get ready. You know. I mean, and yeah, natural mystic. So much things to say. Guiltiness. So much guiltiness, to say. man. Ah, yeah, it's so good. Guiltiness. It's so good. And then of course the, t- exit, the, the actual, title track the is title track. I mean, is, so heavy too. One I mean, of the heaviest songs ever written. It's probably the like. Let me just say this. Also, guys, another thing that's cool too. I mean, if you're into Exodus, like that song is written um, as the book of the Bible, Exodus. Yeah, which is a fascinating read. That's I was. I mean, just I was as like a just gonna go into that. The, yeah. yeah, the context of Exodus. Um, and to talk about what Bob Marley was talking about, yeah. setting his people free. Um, the book of Exodus is really about, um, you know, setting people free. And it's, yeah. it was, uh, that's maybe like the, I think that was the message he was trying to send you to. And oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's a cool album story, historical context. Well, and I think that, and even this, it's like Exodus was recorded in the UK. Mm-hmm. Which makes it unique to itself because it's. I think it's the only album that he recorded in the UK. I think everything else was recorded in Jamaica. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't really know that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe. But either way, um, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, you know, him going to the UK had in part to do with the fact that, I mean, let's, you know, Jamaica was amid kind of like a, you know, a civil um, divide. You know, you had two like really intense opposing parties, political parties, um, both of which were trying to lay claim to Bob Marley because they knew that they could use Bob Marley as like a political pawn because of the impact that he had on uh, the people of Jamaica, you know? Music, so, is, music is powerful. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely powerful. And there's a lot of crazy stories about stuff that Bob Marley went through between, like, his assassination attempt and then to even be more badass after his assassination attempt, he went and he did a concert and he went on stage all bandaged up and he stood like, yeah, that's right. Like, I'm still... St-. You know, I mean, he was... You, can I, oh, can I tell awesome. you what else I love about uh, Exodus 2 is I feel like it gives you a couple angles, too. Like it gives you natural mystic, it gives you spiritual spirituality. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, that's the forefront. But and it, it's also, you know, it's angry. Like Exodus is is oh ang- yeah, it's a it's da, da, dude, da, 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 it's, the, it's the movement it's of the people. It's, yeah, yeah. And, it, you feel like you're trudging through the like Egyptian it, desert. It also it's, has it has that it has sadness. Vibe. So much things to say. You know, yeah. it's like that heavy heart, and it and it and it also is. He's got three little birds. Oh, it's it, you know it's yeah. it gives you the full range of emotions in in that kind of context yeah. you know um the, what, and I, that's what i really appreciate about it, it it's yeah. it gives you jam and it gives you time to it's almost a you know turn 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 a time for everything yeah. uh, you know that's that's what i kind of get from it it's it's really a, a well-rounded record it's not all angry it's not all mystic it's it not gives it, yeah. it gives you a little everything so yeah. you, it gives you uh 
you know, all a lot of different flavors of who Bob Marley is, and I feel like that's why it's the best statement of oh, Bob Marley. Oh, yeah, and it's so beautiful. And, I mean, I've said this to you before, but when Bob Marley says, don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right, I believe him. Yeah, because he's telling the truth. <laughs> you know, like, that's what is the most profound thing. I hear it, and I'm just like... I think everybody oh, does. Right. I think you're everybody right. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why he's... So, he's one of the greatest yeah such of a all time. such a figure yeah all right absolutely so, incredible so we don't end up talking about bob marley all day i know um another artist i've been listening to is um is nina simone so there's a great nina simone documentary i don't know if it's still on netflix but um that, Ooh, i don't know that's it was on netflix it I, was yeah that's it, it might have been it, a netflix right. doc i i don't really know but anyway there was oh, a document you're right yeah i think it is a netflix documentary yeah yeah nina simone um is a complicated individual. Um, she's one of the most beautiful musicians that I've ever heard in my life. Um, she, and you know, like she's like can, can get righteously angry, yeah. but then so sentimental and beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I and she tells she tells the truth, and that's what I like. Um, so uh, along with like maybe like some civil rights music that you know I had like learned about and like i'm gonna be honest with you mike i learned most about i learned about the civil rights movement through music yeah through, no, the, through the folk revival and then i would sure. i would go oh okay so these people okay in that group and then you know it, it would mm-hmm. force me to research and and really read about what happened in these people and why and who and yeah and uh you know that's a great thing about music too it can lead you down a nice uh history history lesson that maybe you didn't you know know and yeah. i love getting context with my music so um anyway nina simone and the record really i've been list- i was listening to was uh nina simone in concert um also to throw out another one radio lab did a wonderful little segment on nina simone the other day and uh you should look that up because it really kind of hits home too with the message that i'm trying to say is uh mm-hmm. she sang a lot of songs about about you know what's going on she has a song called mississippi goddamn yeah man that song now, Missis- Mississippi Goddamn is is a is is such a powerful song. It, it tells her story, what right. she she was going through. Yeah, um, and it's very honest, and it's it is uh it it's something I think most most people should hear. You should hear it. You should hear what she has to say. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a beautiful song, but it's a it's a hateful song. It's an angry song at times. Yeah, um, and. I, I think it's it's one that needs to be listened to, and I feel like it's it's incredibly valid. Uh, also on this record is you know old Jim Crow, uh, go limp. This record is is trying to say something. She also gives you a little you know kind of other songs, but um, another song I would check out that I don't have on vinyl is uh, I think it's called The King of Love Is Dead. Um, okay, and it was she did a concert two days after Martin Luther King was assassinated. Um, I believe they released that concert in full. I've listened to a lot of it. Uh, I would listen to it. Um, and it's amazing. Um, it's it touches touches you in all the right spots. It'll you know, yeah. and it'll really give you an air of what was going on and how people were feeling. And Nina Simone is such a beautiful piano player. I recommend you listen to almost everything she does. Yeah, and she was classically trained too. That's mm-hmm. what I think. She also wrote her part. Uh, Young, gifted, and black. The song that uh, oh, Aretha Franklin went ended up covering and making yeah. more famous. That's a Nina Simone tune. So oh no way, I yeah, didn't know that. Absolutely, yeah. Nina Simone's nice. Uh, where it's at, everybody. Yeah. Um, also, I know we're talking folk. If you're into folk, Nina Simone's Newport uh, Folk Festival. That's I love that record as well. Look up uh, Lil Liza Jane. You want to hear? Oh yeah. You want to hear that girl uh, get some rhythm? Mm, that song takes flight. Uh, okay, so uh, Mike, what do you? What else you got over there? 
Um, so, um, just kind of, uh, you know, how Luke, how you kind of touched on like what were the what were the staple albums in the household kind of thing, you know, or uh, growing up and stuff. Um, this wasn't necessarily the 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 two albums weren't necessarily uh, like a staple in terms of what was in our six CD changer because mm-hmm. <laughs> my uh, my dad's music kind of. Uh, overruled it and rightfully it was good music but it just wasn't um i've been spinning some doors uh and the doors have a real special place in my heart um uh just in the way that like it's it's my mom's favorite band and you know just uh there's just a lot of sentimental sort of attachment to the doors you know even though they can be like kind of gross and trashy and (laughs) and all that stuff um, but yeah, more specifically, it's been, uh, LA woman. And, um, I went back and did Morrison hotel. I kind of feel like LA woman is the album that gets like the, cause these, cause it was Morrison hotel and then LA woman in terms of the order of release, I believe. I think it was, is Mor- that, no, I don't think that's right. Yeah. I thought it was Morrison hotel and then, oh LA yeah, woman. you might I be thought right. So- I thought it was soft parade was before Morrison yeah, no, hotel. You're right. You're right. You're Either right. way. The point is, is that I'd say that. LA Woman and Morrison Hotel are very similar in the way that it's kind of like going back to because you because you know Soft Parade is basically like their their it's their Sergeant Peppers you know that's the whole it's, blah, their, blah, blah, blah. Art, it's their art record it's bro. their art record you know and I like that album too I'm not saying I don't like that album um, but I especially LA Woman can I I love LA Woman can I just make like a a, a point real fast that sure. I want to make for all you people who are like that's the Doors art record. Let's just talk about how the end is one of the artsiest songs ever written. Yeah, and it's pretty early for that movement. And, and that's on their first album. And it's so shockingly, it's shocking. Oh yeah. So anybody that wasn't claiming that the Doors are already an art band is like, I don't, don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it when the music's over. Art, arty. Oh yeah, super arty. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, it's the poet. It, I I don't want to hear it. the Doors were artsy from the beginning. Uh, yeah, covering uh, whiskey bar. You know, it's like yeah, get out of here. They well, I think that I, they, I, ain't, I ain't buying that narrative. That's I think I think that's like the when people try to like you know, like say bad things about the soft parade when they're trying to when they do that. I think it's just because it's such out of context for the rest of their music. Yeah, oh, hitting stuff over here. But um, yeah, I think it's so out of context to the rest of their music that they're just like, eh. But yeah. I really enjoy Soft Parade. I, 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 love I don't. Soft Parade. I don't find it to be as, as out as artsy out there, Sergeant Peppersy, as everybody would claim it to be. Right. I think the thing is, is that with that, the it's the song, the Soft Parade. That's the big because I I can't remember the track listing on that album off the top of my mind. But the other tunes uh, on there, you have like "Follow Me Down," "Touch Me." Uh, yeah, "Touch Me." Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even those songs, those are kind of like standard, oh, kind of like Doors esque songs. I think the Soft Parade is the only challenging track on there because it has multiple parts and stuff like that. I um, I don't but, know if it's because I owned it as a child and we would listen to it. Like I've posted this on my Instagram before, but I I find that it is a great listen for me. I don't think it's like a crappy. I love that record. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love, dude. Especially the Soft Parade was like, uh, uh, you cannot petition the Lord with prayer. You know, when he goes off on that, <laughs> yeah, thing, I'm just like, it's oh, awesome. I'm into it. It's cra- it's just crazy and out there. Yeah. And I love it. So um, anyway, but- though, like. I feel your love though for like the dirty doors. Like yeah. once we get to like the real dirty doors of Morrison Hotel, where he's like, you know, even I don't know, man. Like, like Roadhouse like, Blues. Roadhouse Blues is just like you know 
when he screams, save our city. Like, uh, yeah, man, like, save our city, bro. Uh, I hear it. Peace frog. Yeah, pe- there's riots on the streets. Town in New Haven, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I love how the song Waiting for the Sun is on Morrison Hotel, but not on the album Waiting for the Sun. <laughs> yeah. I always loved that, too. I thought that was really funny. Um, but then Ship of Fools, too. That's kind of a weird song. Indian Summer, you know, it's it kind of gives you this kind of thing, you know. But they, I mean, they definitely sound like they did copious amounts of psychedelics in the desert. That's for sure. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, getting getting on to L.A. Woman, though. L.A. Woman is, I, that's, I don't know, man. Like, it I know might, it's cliche, yeah, it but it's, my favorite. I yeah. love it. I love I it so much. Because that's another album where it's just like start to finish. I can listen to the whole album and not really like, okay, maybe Lamerica, I'll, 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 I'll skip over every once in a while. But what's funny is, is that, uh, Riders on the Storm was probably the the Doors song I heard the most, right? Aside from like the quick singles that we got, right? You know, that would just be on like classic rock, yeah, like Love oldies Me radio or something. Deal. Yeah, Touch Me, whatever. Um, and Riders on the Storm is always one of those. You know, if the DJ of the radio station is going to throw on a deep cut that's not Freebird <laughs> or Stairway, he'll put on Riders on the Storm. You know what I mean? Um, so, but man, I love that song. I really do. It's Riders one of those on songs that I doesn't love get that song. like back in black gets uh cliched for me. Yeah. Like cause it's, and it's not that I don't like it. Cause I do like it. Yeah. Like, you know, man, I get it. I'm, whatever. Yeah. But, um, like I was 13 once we all get it. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. songs like, uh, even like LA woman, LA woman does not, I could hear it over and over again and get excited every time he goes yeah. like, Mr. Mojo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, I get it, and then I get excited every. How can you like? It's I, I can't find a cliche because he's just so untamed, and the band's so hot, and even Jim Morrison going like "woo" before like the the yeah. solo kicks in. You're just like ah. He's like yeah yeah. Oh. He's it's, doing those screams. It's my favorite Doors record, and it, it, that's one that does make me happy. It brings back so many good memories of just I'm really yeah. of just hanging out with you listening to <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, this album features Jerry Chef on bass, which I think that's Elvis's bass player. Elvis's right? bass player, yeah. Well, I think I don't know if it's the only album that features bass guitar. It's no, I believe so... this. There's bass on Soft Parade. There's bass on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they. Yeah. Uh, there's there's bass on that too. Yeah. There's bass on Morrison Hotel as well. Yeah. Oh, fun fact too. Did you know um, the harmonica on um, Roadhouse Blues is. Um, uh, the dude from the Love and St- John Sebastian from the Love and Spoonful. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, pretty really? cool, right? Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun fact. Okay, huh. this is a completely random fact in the middle of the show, but I was so listen, guys. I was, I record collecting has like shown me so much magical stuff throughout the years, and uh, I got a good story the other day. So I am listening to uh, the Shang Laws. Man, I can't talk today. I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Shangri-Las, yeah, um, who are probably most famous for uh, the song "Leader of the Pack." Mm-hmm. You know, you leader of the pack. So I'm listening to that girl group, and I notice um, the album is called Shangri-Las '65. That I was listening to. Okay. And I notice that a Mister Levon Helm has a writing oh, credit. Oh, I saw that you put. Po- yeah, and I'm instantly puzzled because. Because of a couple of reasons. One, Levon Helm is not a famous man in 1965. The band would not release their first album to, I think, 67? Yep. Or 68. Uh, I think it's 67. I'm not too sure, though. So anyway, I'm like, I definitely know, though, he is not a famous person. Uh, Levon had played with Ronnie Hawkins, with the rest of the band. Yep. Um, 
who were Ronnie Hawkins' backing band. And then in 65, um, Dylan's tour is taking off as well. So they were like in that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, Levon was only in that band for like a second. And like his band, like I don't think it was like Dylan's backing band was, was not famous. They were nobodies. Right. Because, right, right. you know, they, they just weren't famous. So anyway, 1965, Shangri La's album. Levon has a credit, so I'm instantly, I'm like, well, maybe this is an old song he wrote, and they just picked it. I was like, but this seems very strange that he would get his song in this album. Yeah. So I look it up, and it ends up being that Ronnie Hawkins made put that song on his album, and it was on Roulette Records. So back in the day, mm. a lot of record companies were fronts for uh, money launderers <laughs> and the mob. You don't say. Yeah, I do say. <laughs> and so this song would get placed on certain albums and it would get recorded so that they could keep laundering money through Levon Helm who did, he, they didn't know he, Levon didn't know they just put his name on there and the this crime family <laughs> was laundering money through the song <laughs> and stealing it through roulette records no way. yeah there's like a common practice like the like mobs and had a lot you know it were in the business a little bit they had their hands and everything so yeah, right. you know he was a front 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 for the mob and he had no idea they were just like putting money through that song and no stuff way. yeah and so it would end up on albums that it shouldn't have been you know what i mean just yeah. because hey throw that on there because uh, so and so uh you gotta owe me a little bit of money da 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 so I thought that was very interesting. It led me down a very cool yeah. story. That is weird. Yeah. Um, man, I, I wonder I, if Levon Hamill ever found out. I, I mean, I'm know. sure he probably found out eventually. Hold on one second, Michael. Okay. Fill the time. I'll be right back. Okay. I got to fill the time. Um, well, actually, since Luke is doing that, I'll just talk about some more of the things that I myself have been listening to as I rifle through here. Yeah. So the other night... Um, you know, given that everything that's going on and stuff, I um, I felt inspired to listen to uh, "Stand" by Sly and the Family Stone, and man, what what a burner! Here comes Luke. I was telling them that you know, given every you know things that are going on in the world, I found that um, you know the Sly and the Family Stone album really like, you know, man. I mean, they they yeah, so I, it definitely. That's definitely an album that I have spun, you know, that yeah. made me think about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's before it's, we go too much further. Though, oh, yes. yes I'm so sorry, everybody. I just wanted to give you the name of that song. It's called You Cheated, You Lied. So uh, look it up. You Cheated, You Lied. That's a leave on Helm credit. Um, it's on a 1960 album on Roulette Records from Ronnie Hawkins as well. So anyway, yeah, look that up. It's pretty interesting. Okay. So anyway, Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, too, is like. Um, I forgot how many songs in this album I know. Yeah, I, I, that's, you know, it's like so. Yeah, uh, that's um, I think a thing that's uh, pretty interesting about Sly and the Family Stone is maybe a lot of people our age aren't really into Sly, but they know almost all, his whole like hit singles catalog. Yeah, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, so Sly and the Family Stone, uh, this album is Stand. Um, what singles on here were you like, oh yeah, I, I dig, and that you recognized? Um, well, Everyday People. Uh, oh yeah. Great tune. Um, I Want to Take You Higher, obviously, that's probably like one of the most recognizable, um, but I mean, I, I, I don't know, I loved all of these albums. Somebody's Watching You, Sing a Simple Song, uh, Sex Machine <laughs> is on the is on side too, but I really um, enjoy Stand. I feel like it's a it's a pretty like you know forward thinking album. 
Um, and uh, my, one of my favorite lines of all time is on there. Different strokes for different folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's like a motto I live by. I definitely love that. Yeah, and I found that, that uh, even though, you know, it's super, like, groovy and dancey and stuff, what's what I love about it is the fact that there are definitely, like, these undertones of, like, introspective thinking. You know, um, a lot of it, the, a lot of the content, like, the, 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 the lyrics themselves are very much, like, very aware of... Can I tell you, like, you know? I feel like the companion record to that one is uh, There's a Riot Going On. I feel like those are, like, the A-B personalities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or, like, the aftermath, really, Yeah. Um, of, like, of an album-like stand Yeah. is uh, There's a Riot Going On. Um, and, you know, I, I really, you know, kind of spun those. Um, another record that kind of goes with those is uh, that I definitely spun this week for some, you know, introspective thinking and you know just reflecting is uh marvin gay is what's going on um so that's one of my that's a that's a real comfort record for me because i often ask myself that question yeah yeah well, you know i'm like what's going on with the, yeah. you know what's going on and it's uh that is actually why um sly named his album there's a riot going on uh marvin gay st- stated a question and he he answered it hmm. um with that record yeah. and uh that's another you know kind of a powerful statement where i think almost sly and marvin were coming from the same place at one point um i feel like sly yeah. may have gotten you know it's it that's you know that was his statement afterwards and it's and it's they're both beautiful thoughts and uh different different views you know to the top of the same mountain i think and yeah. um i just marvin gave what's going on is so i just let's maybe like you know, and let's talk about because you know we're we're here to talk about music and and how how good we think it is too. So, uh, Sly and the Family Stone stand too was highly influential on artists such as Miles Davis to go electric. Oh yeah, um, and just that kind of thumping, awesome, powerful, yeah. uh, messagey, um, a good time, uh, positive music. Right. That Sly was putting on, and I feel like he's also in maybe like competition with like some James Brown kind of feels at that time, mm-hmm. and um, he's one of the he Sly is one of the greatest performers of all time. If yeah. you haven't seen his Woodstock performance, yeah, I was just gonna say Woodstock in the the dead of night. Oh, it's beautiful. It is is magic. He you know gets everybody gets everybody moving. Yeah. Um. So as for Marvin Gaye, um, what's going on? This album is very interesting. Um, so, as you may or may not know, Marvin Gaye was an artist in the 60s who worked for Motown, and he would get paired up with, um, you know, his well, his hit singles are like uh, Heard Through the Grapevine. Yep. Um, and then he would also get paired up with uh, uh, women singers, most famously uh, it's Tammy Terrell, I believe, who is uh, on... Ain't a mountain high enough. Yep. Um, so Marvin Gaye is that kind of. He's more of like a pop artist from Motown. I mean, he does sing soul songs, obviously. Yeah. But um, what I'm saying is that you know they're they make the pop charts and he sings with uh, women and uh, maybe the songs aren't like you know they're like I heard it through the grapevine is more of a uh, you know him her you know yeah. relationshipy song that's that kind of thing ain't no matter when same deal even though that's such a positive song i right. feel like anyway but it's kind of like a dialogue yeah type song. so marvin gay comes up with this idea and he brings it to barry gordy the head of motown and barry gordy goes uh nope and 
you know what ends up happening is is Marvin Gaye says no 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 this is this is happening it's this is my message now I'm an artist I need to say and I need to say my statement to the people you yeah. know how can I sit by and all this is happening is such strong feelings um and he, on this album it's it's basically a concept album um about what was going on at the time it was released uh, what I still think is going on today. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautifully framed record. Um, you have the song "What's Going On" that I think everybody's heard. Uh, what's happening, brother? Uh, you know, you have "God Is Love," "Save the Children," uh, "Mercy, Mercy Me." Uh, you also have like you know, you have songs about the environment, you know, inner city blues. Um, you know, so he's really talking about everything. He's talking about the environment. He's talking about the inner city. He's talking about his life. He's talking about you know god it's it's a beautiful statement all the songs flow together as well um so it sounds like it's one continuous song it's one of my favorite records of all time when i you know look at the world and i i'm feeling a little bit sad this one will bring me back up you know yeah it gives me some hope yeah um hitting the mic over here with the record but um i would also say if you want another great version of what's going on um oh man now i'm not uh donnie Ah, uh, is it Donnie Hathaway? Oh, uh, maybe. What? What is it? That yeah, Donnie Hathaway, I believe, is his name. He does a uh, kick and cover. Of what's going on on this live album? Oh, okay. So uh, cool. I highly recommend that. Oh, I'll have, well, I'll have to listen to. That. I, haven't, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I'll play. Um, um, I'll play it for you after this. It's a, it's amazing. It's so good. Uh, if only we could play music. Uh, be, if guys, if we could play music, the show would be five hours long, and me and Mike would never leave because <laughs> this is what we'd be doing. We'd just be like, "Oh man, you hear that?" Yeah. <clears throat> um so yeah marvin gaze what's going on um those are kind of the records i've been listening to for comfort but um we also got you know i got some that i'm just listening to because you know i got some new records in the mail guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah well what do you uh what else what else you got um okay so this one came from my girlfriend chelsea um she is a fan of uh the artist mac miller um Guys, I, I'm not like super into hip hop. It's not that I don't like it. It's that it's just um, I don't know. I don't. A lot of it just doesn't like hit me super well. It's not that yeah. I think I'm like that's that sucks. It's just like not my favorite thing to listen to. Sure. Uh, yeah, but man. every once in a while, I get like a artist that I kind of get into and they really speak to me. And uh, you know, I will. You know, I I, I dig it and I'll, I'll I'll try to listen. Yeah. I try to have open ears. I just uh I just don't have open ears for everything. There's not yeah. enough time of the day. So, um, yeah, anyway, Mac Miller, uh, she really played that, and I really, you know, started playing it. Uh, I first heard his album Swimming, and then uh, Circles, That uh, his post, how do you say that word? I'm so sorry. Posthumous. Oh, post, oh, yeah, 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 like his, yeah, after he passed. Whatever. Post. Uh, anyway. Yeah. He has passed away, sadly, but um, they released um, a record, and they finished it up that he had been working on. It's called Circles. Um, and I find both those albums are amazing. Um, and it was pointed out when I read uh, kind of like a little backstory about it, why I think I might have enjoyed these albums a little more. Mm. I think I find that um, when people have like a million people in the song, I'm like, who's in this band? Like, who's the rapper? Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. You're trying to listen to something new and you're not super familiar with it. Yeah. And there's like five people on the song yeah, yeah. <laughs> on every song for for me i that d- makes me disinterested because i'm not yeah. like as you know what i mean i want to hear what you, like, you have to say as an artist right like right. and mac miller um he 
I think there might be like two people on here, but they're not rappers. I think they're like singers on both of them. Um, John Mayer's on Swimming too. He plays. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. He plays on one of the songs. Thundercats on that record too. Yeah. Um, Great bass player. I, yeah, I just I really enjoy these records because there's no. It's just Mac Miller on every song. He's giving you what he feels. His statements. Um, a lot of the samples too for me are more uh, live uh, band. Mm-hmm. kind of stuff so um i dug that more because i'm more inclined to enjoy a live band so that's what like most of the samples of loops are you can hear that they're live and uh yeah circles by mac miller really good yeah. uh i really like the song blue world on circles um and i like the song circles on swimming okay. um yeah so <laughs> you know check that out uh there's also a song called uh what's the use on swimming that thundercat plays on Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really funky. Oh, and really his great. uh his Tiny Desk is Oh, yeah, his, his NPR Tiny Desk Mac Miller concert. Amazing. Amazing. Look that up. So Mac Miller, so NPR, Tiny Desk. Yeah, because yeah, I showed Mike, and Mike was like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and that, I, I didn't really listen to Mac Miller much before that, but that was kind of my... Yeah, Catalyst. You know, it, yeah, yeah. it really shows his, his I feel like, his artistic yeah. uh, sensibility, and, you know, he was... I, it's sad that he passed away because I feel like he really, really is was on the forefront of me yeah. of because I, I feel like those are such cohesive albums for me and yeah. I, as a as a rock fan you know I guess is what yeah. you would categorize me as. Um, all right, uh, I got another record in the mail. Uh, <laughs> this is I pre-ordered the this a while ago. Curse, yes, by the band Heinz. They are from Madrid, Spain. Oh, cool. Um, they sing in English though. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I found these people online um, in someone's Instagram story. It was hmm. a, uh, the band Twin Peaks, which I, which I enjoyed. They were like, oh, hey, yeah. check out this band. And uh, this band is all female, um, and they rock, and they're fun, nice, and they cool. play instruments. Um, I like to hear their point of view because um, – I'm gonna be quite frank. I, a lot of the time, I am so sick of the male rock, you know. So yeah. it just gets boring to me. And I like to hear what uh, other people have to say. I yeah. like to hear what women have to say. And yeah, I like absolutely, yeah, man. And I really enjoy the way they write music. And and it's not because it's just because they're women. You know what I mean? It's yeah. because. Um, it's a different point of view that I enjoy hearing from. Yeah. That and uh, even like the way they structure like a song is like is different than like their sensibility is just so interesting to me. And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it has to do with their location from being from Madrid, and maybe they have all these different like uh, musical influences that I don't know about. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure. I mean, Spain especially. You're talking like flamenco music and stuff like that. Like very very guitar heavy too, though. Like yeah, and uh, you know. It's, it's awesome these girls you know these girls they in they're a band which i enjoy like you know there's drums bass and two guitars yeah it's cool man i like bands like uh that's you know something i'm interested in like i'm oh. I, i'm interested in, in in like friends playing together like it, like the ramones yeah. even though they were not friends you know i'm interested yeah, yeah, yeah. in that kind of like thing what was that there's speaking of um all girl bands there was that other band uh, those girls, I think they're from like the Midwest. It's those three girls. Remember we, uh, you were the one who showed them to me. Oh, they're, I don't know. They're kind of, they're on like an indie label. It's those, uh, I'll remember. I'll look it up and I'll remember. The Brawlettes. Oh yeah, the Brawlettes. They bralettes. were from, uh, they're from Texas. They're from Texas. Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, 
they were uh, like a, I think you know they're out there. Look it up. Uh, they have a song called Scary Harry. It's got a really cool music video. Yeah, uh, I really dug that band too. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the same kind of context. Actually, I found that band because they opened up for Heinz. Oh no way! Yeah, so okay. you know, uh, people supporting other people is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually how I found that band, and I was like, oh, I really like you guys too. Um, so anyway, off this, I would recommend off this Heinz record, uh, which is called "The Prettiest Curse." I really like uh, "Riding Solo" is a fun song. Wait, it sounds like a uh, like a um, like an electronic song, but then you listen, you're like, oh, this is all instruments, so that's pretty cool. Um, and I also like "Good Bad Times" on here, but, you know. But uh, yeah, I listened to the whole thing a couple times. Pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, nice. Now for some more throwbacks over here of other things I got in the mail. <laughs> uh, so our first episode was about Black Flag. Though yes. I did not get Black Flag records in the mail, I got a band called DC3. Now Black Flag's third singer, Des Kadena, after leaving Black Flag, formed DC3. They released two records on SST, and I got them on Discogs the other day. Um, so, you know, this band was like, was a, is is pretty interesting because... Uh, DC three were influenced by bands like uh, Deep Purple in Mountain, which like, mm. which is I I enjoy that because you know like Desganino was in Black Flag, but you could also enjoy Mountain in Deep Purple, yeah. which is like you know what I I like. Um, and then you tell like people who are into punk that, and they're like, yeah, no, and I'm like, mm, you you're 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 stuck in your rules, like you know, yeah. like there's you're missing out, you're missing out. So um, anyway, these records. I have to say are not I <laughs> are not like great records. Yeah. Um <laughs> the music was pretty cool. Um the vocals were like, you know, not the best. Sidebar, Luke had me read like uh you know the 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 notes on the back of the album after like before we started recording and I'm, and he's like, "Hey man, you should check these records out." I just picked them up. I was like, "Oh, cool." And, you know, he gave me the whole backstory, you know, and on the back it actually talks about how like the bands that were influenced were, you know, uh, Deep Purple, Mountain, etc., whatever. And I was like, oh, man, I should really listen to this. And Luke's just like, yeah, it's, it's not that great. <laughs> you know what it is for me, too, guys? It's it's definitely got the 80s drum production on it, oh, which is like, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure, like, in this podcast, we're going to talk about this a jillion times. I think we already have. Yeah. But that's, like, a big issue with me with a lot of 80s music is the drum production gated. is so bad and gated and horrible. And, guys, I, I implore these bands to get your tapes and fix them go back take the reverb off your drums yeah and maybe try to remix it for a modern era and i don't know if that's possible um but i definitely heard um it was done i mean you could still have both versions too you know what i'm saying we could still live with with both versions but yeah like um because john lennon did it i mean he didn't do it but um they did it with uh, Double Fantasy. Um, they were because Double Fantasy, which uh, was released, and that has a very '80s drum sound. That record was released in 1980. Yeah, uh, you know, like just just like starting over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that like pop, 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 pop. The drums are huge on that record. Yeah, and they, well, they're not huge, but they're like '80s. Yeah, and, no, I know, you know what you mean. Yeah, no, yeah, I know exactly. But anyway, what you mean. they did like a stripped version of that record where like they took like the effects off like the guitars and the guitars are more natural and the drums are more natural mm. and the vocals aren't so like caked on and um I really really enjoyed that record like that. It was it gave it a whole new life. And it was really interesting cuz they released it with uh I believe like the original and then you got the uh 
the oh, so the, the new stripped mix or whatever. Oh, cool. Yeah, so uh, I you know look up that record if you're into that. But yeah, um, I would really enjoy if a lot of bands did that because I mean I don't know if there's anybody else out there that listens to '80s drums and are like, why? We we like Tom Petty got the best drum sound on Damn the Torpedoes, and then you all blew it. <laughs> yeah. You all blew it. You all got new toys, and you needed to use them, and I don't think you needed to. Yeah. That being said, though, the music of DC3, it's fun to listen to. It's, I mean, I enjoyed it, um, and I, I mean, I enjoyed it, and I also was like, this isn't the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But um, it came with some really cool SST record inserts. Like uh, I'm showing Mike this one right now. It's an uh, ad for the Black Flags. Who's got the 10 and a half live in 85? You could uh, you know, send it in. On the backside, it has a list of uh, all the releases that uh, were available at the time. You, and it's uh, just like, you know, Meat Puppets, Saccharin Trust, uh, you know, Black Flag. And it's just so much cool stuff on here. Uh, you could buy Henry Rollins books you know yeah. on the order forms and for me that's like a lot of fun with collecting like uh sst record stuff is you get like uh all the inserts that come with it and you can really see all the hard work that those guys were doing down there well guys, kinda, guys and gals and and touching on kind of like what you had just said right like you know i really what i really wish bands would start doing or do again would be like to go back and like remaster say or like fix the drums or whatever another thing i wish bands were doing th- not that 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 you know some indie record labels don't do it but like how you said like you have this cool like order form that comes with the record and the you know and then like maybe like a ad yeah mail, mail order is fun man yeah like that kind of stuff you know like i mean you get inserts nowadays but most of the inserts it's like what maybe a picture of the band or a track listing and then maybe you know like the um the the download card to download it digitally even though like let's face it we all have like spotify or something where we can just listen to it and stream it for free anyway we don't need a digital download card anymore i think they stopped doing that i haven't really exactly. seen a lot of record companies doing that anymore what i really think we should do is help other bands and champion other bands so yeah Mo- that, that, that you can release your friend's mediocre record again we all mm-hmm. want to hear it we yeah. want to hear it now yeah get together champion other bands dc3 you yeah. know it's a fun listen if you like metal music and punk it's fun. It's a fun listen. Yeah, it was definitely a fun listen. Nice. Um, do you got anything else over there, Mike? What do you got? Um, yeah, I have another one. It's kind of a curveball. I listened to it on my drive into work the other day. <laughs> just because it was just like, it kind of came up as like a suggested album. And I was like, you know what? Why not? So I listened to some Alice Cooper, uh, the album uh, Killer. Did you? Li- yeah, so you like listened to it as a full thing. Um, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to listen to it in its entirety. I have listened to it in its entirety before. However, um, when I more recently listened to it, I just listened to, I mean, I did it streaming, but okay. So side one, say the album, like under my wheels, be my lover, hello flies, uh, desperado. Oh, and um, I'm a gambler. It's yeah, and it's weird. Like it's step it, into the street by sundown. He's got his band is great though on this album. Oh, the original Alice Cooper band is no joke. Everybody, the original yeah, Alice Cooper like, band really is one of the good. hottest really, bands really of that good. era. They're amazing. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't, you know, like I, I, I don't know a lot about it. I would to say go off on the thing about it. No, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Casually enjoyed. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say maybe, eh, maybe except for like the last one, the original Alice Cooper band. Almost every album they put out was like amazing. Yeah. It's all good. It's all really great. Killer the, is a great album. Um, 
obviously the uh well not to date the debut album but the warner brothers debut album yep. with uh i'm 18 on it is just such a that's one of my that's some of the statement Alice and talk Cooper. about cool albums too i mean um What's the name of the album? Is it oh, School's Out is the name of the album. Where yeah. you get the album and the album was like a desk. Yeah, has and un- you opened the underwear. it up and it has a pair of underwear. Yeah, like a fake pair of underwear in there or whatever. So I mean, that's pretty cool. The only, the, I'll, I'll say the uh, the an interesting story about Alice Cooper is that he was uh, signed by Frank Zappa. Yeah. To I think I think the original album Alice Cooper albums were on his record label which was barking pumpkin records that was frank zappa's record label but i guess as the story goes frank zappa decided to sign alice cooper because alice cooper played a show and everybody walked out and frank zappa was like i've never seen somebody clear a room so so fast yeah i've never seen some i've never seen a band clear a room so fast you have my attention i'm gonna sign you i've also heard um a lot of punk bands were highly influenced by uh what alice cooper band was doing uh, mm. Killer, this record I've what, heard. What uh, I've heard uh, Jello Biafra from the uh, Dead Kennedys speak very highly of that record. That it influenced him because it had songs that were, you know, repulsive, and you know, the cover was a snake, and that. And uh, the Ramones have also cited influence on, I believe, uh, I'm 18. That song. Yep. Um, Sex Pistols as well. I I believe have also sang the praises of uh, I'm 18 of. That you know, kind of that song being so uh, you know blank generationy, yeah, you know, which is you know, uh, blank generation is a song by Richard Hell and the Voidoids, which I highly recommend you check out as well. <laughs> Sidebar, but, um, yeah, uh, Alice Cooper is definitely uh, interesting because a lot of uh, maybe like you wouldn't think because he's like so theatrical and almost kiss like at times mm-hmm. that yeah. punk people wouldn't respect that because you know. You know, it was corny, whatever, you know. But yeah. uh, they, I think they really got a lot out of what the original Alice Cooper band was kind of putting out, you know, on yeah. 18 and, and you know, Desperado think... and all those. You're not Desperado. Is that the name of that song on there? Yeah, Desperado. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I mean, I think that, like, I, I, I love Alice Cooper. But, like, nowadays, I think Alice Cooper goes up there and just does the Alice Cooper thing. Whereas back then. It's kind of more Kiss now, right? Huh? Yeah, where yeah. it's just kind of like okay, I think you paid that, the ticket. You paid a ticket to see a show. Yeah, I think that happened after the Alice, the original Alice Cooper band broke up. I feel like that was the direction it kind of he became took. like a stage performance. Absolutely, heavy kind absolutely. Of. I think it became his stage show, like almost like a Broadway show. Like he could night. do a residency in Vegas or something. Like I don't that. know why he doesn't. I know, right? He should. To if, be honest, I saw Alice Cooper guys. It's a great show. He puts on an yeah. amazing show. It's fun. It's everything I wanted. He chopped his head off. It was amazing. And, yeah right right you know it's all the fun stuff it's 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 a great time but it's i feel like you know if you watch videos of the original alice cooper band it's more of a music based thing yeah. you know what i mean and elements now, of glam and yeah horror. i mean i mean just talk about the the school's out riff down down and oh, then yeah. the bass that clunks in the you know it's it's really uh it's some great music. It's really rocking, and it has that desperate feeling that I feel like punk rock was gonna end up turning into. A yeah, little bit I was later. gonna say like even to draw. I don't know if it, I could be as so bold to draw some sort of a comparison, but almost kind of like Stooges esque. You know what I mean? Yeah, like kind of well, out of that similar well, school. Michael, wouldn't you know? <laughs> wouldn't you know where the Alice Cooper band is from? Detroit, <laughs> bro. Yeah. There you go. 
Detroit Stooges. Some, there's something in the water there, man. There I'm is something you. in the water. Bob Seeger, the Stooges, the MC5, Alice Cooper. It was a different Motown. It, yeah, uh, yeah, Motown. It was a different. It was <laughs> All a, of Motown. It was a different place, especially rock music coming out yeah. of of, uh, of Michigan. Yeah, has it's, Ted Nugent. Michigan has, you know, some of the most legendary artists of all time. Yeah. That whole scene that was just cooking up there is, oh, I love it so much. Just so much cool stuff. Um, I, I would, yeah, I'd say comparable to like Boston, you know, how yeah. Boston pumped out a I, lot of. Do like, I just like even like Bob Seger coming out of there. Like, uh, what is that record? Uh, 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 live, his first double live. Uh, I think it's called oh. Live Tonight. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I believe it's live at Cobalt Hall in mm-hmm. uh in detroit um also isn't uh kisses alive aren't some of the songs from that from cobalt hall in detroit as well or maybe just the pictures on on the back is from that i am not sure i'm almost positive that the, the but probably kiss alive yeah, is probably. from from that show too not that kiss yeah. alive is live everybody but um <laughs> <laughs> it is kiss's best record it is uh but yeah detroit had uh, in michigan had some great bands come out of there yeah uh, my favorite probably being Iggy and the Stooges. Uh, I love the Stooges. We were just talking about the Stooges the other day. Yeah, man. Come on. Like, Funhouse is... Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. So, so good. Raw power. Yeah. Just... Ugh. It's great. So, so good. Stooges are like such a fun story, too. Like, you have never like looked up the story. If you're not into the Stooges, the story of the Stooges is still really fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I. He's a madman. We're gonna end up like telling stories again. We're gonna we're gonna be like over and over. But uh, I know this is a fun one. If uh, just to look up if you're interested and you know kind of like maybe send you down a little rabbit hole. The uh, the story of how the Stooges got signed was uh, is interesting because the MC5 were really who Electra Records were looking to sign. Yeah, and uh, they really helped out the Stooges and they went, "Oh, if you like us, you're gonna love our little brother band." And they're like, "Who's that?" Like yeah. the Stooges, and then uh, Danny Fields was like, "Yeah, both of them. We'll take them." Yeah. So I uh, looked that up. It's a. It's it, there's more to it, and it's really fun. And to complete the circle, another or maybe before the Stooges and all of them got signed to uh, Electra Records. Oh yeah. Electra Records is. Yeah, the Doors as the well. The Doors. I mean, that's and yeah. Um, uh, Danny Fields is actually, guys. What <laughs> there's we're, a documentary on. Listen, <laughs> what you really need to look up is actually we should do an episode about about Danny Fields. Yeah, because I feel like we might save that one. Danny Fields is a a great great story, a great uh, individual in music. Yeah. He was the champion for so many bands. Now, let me just talk about a few: The Doors. Yep. The Stooges. Yep. The MC Five. The Ramones. Now, if we're talking influential bands of like pushing the tide forward, he had. I feel like that man had a vision, and he had he pushed it all the way, um, all the way. So like he was championing bands that nobody else would. The Stooges, the MC Five, the Ramones. These are all radical bands that changed history. And Danny Fields is one of the man is the like you know one of especially the Ramones is like the man. Who was really he's the he like he was the Ramones is um Brian Epstein you know it's to the Beatles okay, Danny Fields yeah. was to the Ramones I mean they even wrote a song about him you know Danny says on their uh on their album End of the Century oh yeah yeah it's just a beautiful song yeah um so yeah you know we're gonna wrap it up here I don't did I talk about this record last week because we um, talked about the meters we I, did not I, talk about that record no I remember we, we were can, talking about the meters for some reason uh yeah just because I was listening to. 
so we were just talking about what we had been listening to that week, and I had listened to the meters. Oh that, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like two oh yeah, and I asked. Yeah, okay, and I asked you where they're from. Okay, yeah. so speak, New Orleans, by yeah, the way. Yeah, New Orleans, <laughs> guys. So speaking of the meters, you know, I I bought this record in a record store in New Hampshire, and uh, what's the capital of New Hampshire? Hmm. Con- Con- Concord, New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. That sounds right. That sounds right. It's probably wrong, guys. Well, it sounds right, but it doesn't sound right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Like when you spell something and you're like, oh, that's how you spell that? Anyway, I bought this record in uh, New Hampshire. So uh, in a record store. I was walking out of the record store and I had already cashed out and I saw this record. It is Concord. Yeah. Okay. So Sorry. I believe that's where I bought it's this. It's bothering me. Um, and uh, I was walking out of the record store. I had already paid for what I, I had, and it was a, a, a hefty sum. I was on vacation and looking for a record store, guys. So uh, I saw this. I walked out, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then I got in my car, and then I thought about it for 30 seconds, and I walked back in and I bought it because I would have not listened to it. And I'm glad I did because uh, this is the artist, Betty Harris. Uh, Betty Harris was one of um, – she was a soul singer uh, from New Orleans, and uh, Alan Toussaint, who is oh, okay. the great record producer of New Orleans, yeah, um, you know, sang Southern Nights, uh, wrote uh, tons of great songs. No, yeah, I said Alan. Southern Nights, Southern Nights. No, 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 I know, but he also did Seventh Son, didn't he? No, didn't that's Mose, that that's Mose Allison. Oh, bro. That, that's what it is, Mose Allison. Oh, get it together. Okay. Sorry, I, so, I mixed him up. Alan Toussaint is one of the greatest record producers uh, from New Orleans. He's he's really one of the forefronts of uh, the New Orleans sound, if you will. Um, so anyway, he was kind of like the Burt Bacharach to Betty Harris, who, whose record I have here. Uh, he would kind of write and produce a lot of her music, um, and early, early members of, uh, like the meters, early, you know, configurations are on most of these backing, uh, backing tracks as we kind of get into the era of the meters. So this is kind of where they were forming around, which is also very interesting. You know, Alan Toussaint's using those people and kind of forming them together. Um, so Betty Harris is the artist. Alan Toussaint is like you know the songwriter producer, and this you know she kind of just kind of did singles I guess, and this is a compilation of those singles, um, songs I rec- highly recommend on here. And uh, again, it's good to the New Orleans sound. Like if mm-hmm. you want to know what a female and Alan Toussaint's you know kind of world in the '60s uh, that that kind of sound. This is the this is the artist to kind of you know listen to. Uh, Ride your pony is the song I I really enjoyed. Uh, I think Alan Toussaint's on backing vocals on this one. You can hear him. Yeah, he's going like Ride the pony. It's <laughs> like you know it's like a dance song. It's really cool. Um, I believe it sounds metersy to me. Um, I really like that. Um, what other songs did I really like on here? I I mean I really enjoyed all of them. As you got further down. They kind of got more funky, more metersy, more breaky beats kind of thing. Um, oh, I'm evil tonight was cool. Um, I really like that one. Um, Lonely Hearts was another one I really enjoyed. Yeah. So, but my real, the real kicker on here for me was is Ride the Pony or Ride Your Pony. Look it up. Uh, Betty Harris, Ride Your Pony, New Orleans, The Meters, Alan Toussaint. That's all I have to say about this record. All right, yeah, nice. I, I've spent like five times this week, guys. It's it's been a it's been a real real uh <laughs> been a real barn burner around here. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I think that that about does it. That about wraps it up. Yeah, um, mm. you know, thanks for uh, you know, sticking around. I know we took that little time off 
But, um, you know, again, we implore that you, um, you know, research what's going on. Uh, listen to the, the voices that, you know, are uh, of of love and acceptance. And, yeah. you know, let's try to understand each other and really, uh, really uh, just love one another. You yeah, know? absolutely. And I would say, too, that, um, you know, the be- maybe maybe the best way to understand what other people are going through is to listen to the people who are who have been writing music talking about what they've been going through this whole time and even you know not necessarily current uh, you know including in cur- you know current artists but also like we talked about a yeah, little bit on a, Nina Simone great... we talked a little bit about Bob Marley we talked a little about Sly and the Family Stone like yeah you know and that's you know honestly guys that's how i i learned about those people's experience um, and where they were coming from. And I feel like it's made me a more accepting person yeah, and, uh, a more loving person. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like, yeah, listen, listen to the artists that you really love guys. Listen yeah. to the artists and he, you know, try to, try to walk a mile in their shoes for a little bit. Yeah. And maybe, um, maybe you can understand the blues a little bit better if you listen to some blues. Yeah. Get, you know, give, you know? give context to, to what was going on in these people's lives. And, yeah. and uh, I feel like that's the, one of the fairest things we can do for them Yeah, is to listen to their message in the context of their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we're going to try to keep creating new, fresh content for you guys in the, uh, in the coming future. Um, things might be a little bit more spread apart instead of being things be, you know, being released weekly, you know, maybe. Yeah. So maybe we'll do like two episodes and, you know, maybe it'll a month be or a something. little backtracked or whatever. Yeah. We but we're, we're trying to do best we can to, uh, pre-record as much stuff as we can. So that way, even if we can't get together and do these podcasts that we can at least have something to release for you guys, you know, to just kind of, you know, keep consistency and everything. So. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to like us on all social media platforms. Uh, We love you guys very much. Love, peace, hair grease. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.